Uh, this is episode five. Yep. Week five. Episode five. Well, no, yeah, week, week episode five. Just say episode. We don't need to come up with tricky subtitles or anything like that. This is the fifth episode of the show. We're getting past the uh, the learning curves, the road bumps uh, of a young podcast, and uh, we're we're just starting to hit hit our stride. Uh, I'm really excited about this week's edition for a multitude of reasons. First, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Squarespace and Blue Chew. Uh, for sponsoring the show. Blue Chew, it will get your dick super hard, and then you'll be able to host your website on Squarespace. like to thank the Nick Robes Podcast Network for hosting us, and I'd like to introduce my co-host for the show, the founder of the Nick Robes Podcast Network, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> hey! <laughs> How's it going? Is that what Sammy Hagar sounds like? That's actually a pretty decent Sammy Hagar. Was that pretty good? That wasn't bad. I feel like those like one word things, you just push it out and just like nine times out of ten. Like I've always ha! said I've always said to that like anybody could probably do a Jimmy Buffett speaking voice impression. People are always like, I've never heard him talk, and it's like, you know what it sounds like. Yeah. And people will just kind of be like Hey, hey. And it's like, yep, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> uh, 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 foundation of Mississippi, uh, Jimmy Buffett, owner of Margaritavilles. And uh, Landshark Lager. Yeah, Landshark Lager uh, and the Margaritaville Mixer. And he also has a uh, retirement community down in Florida. He's got so much stuff. He's got his hands. He's got his fingers in a lot of pots. Worth five hundred and six billion dollars. Something insane. He million. Five hundred six million. Six million. million yeah. Yeah, yeah. Billion would be a little bit rich even for Jimmy yeah. Buffett. Good but uh, part owner of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> that one I didn't see coming. Yeah. Oh, he's a big he's a big wig down in Miami. He got banned for life from the Miami Heat games. Ooh, because he was he got he was swearing at the refs too much. So the refs were like, oh. "Don't invite Jimmy Buffett back to the games." That seems so out of character. It does seem out of character, but he was getting like really wound up during a Miami <laughs> Heat playoff game, which it seems very un. Yeah, I don't. He's just chucking margarita yeah. makers at. The- <laughs> he was like the Jack Nicholson of the Miami Heat back in the nineties until he got banned for swearing at the refs. Uh, Jack Nicholson is big in uh, L. A. Kings, L. A. Lakers, L. A. Lakers. Yeah, yeah. L. A. Kings is the hockey team. Yeah. I'll figure out all this uh, by the time I'm dead. This is an invigorating, uh, very on-topic open to the episode. <laughs> that is, uh, spoiler alert, that was not Sammy Hagar. That was uh, Nick Robes himself. Yeah. Talking yeah. Sammy Hagar. But of course, was, uh, there's a guest this week. There is a guest this week, and uh, we're we're thrilled to have him. He's a man about town. He uh, is one of, the, one of the big wigs at the Empire Comedy Club. Uh, very excited to have uh, have him on the show. Uh, performs all over New England, and he's my friend, Keith Hebert. Well, hello, Connor. Thank you for the amazing introduction. Performing clubs and colleges all over New England. I went to college <laughs> in New England. And did you perform? I did twice. Whoa! Yeah, an yeah. illustrious college career. It was quite, yeah, it was college, man. Wild times. Wild times in uh, Portland and Gorham, Maine. Doesn't get any crazier than those two towns. Wild night at $3 Dewey's. Uh, I wonder if Wild Nights will ever show up on this. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it will. It was on, I've been looking at charts from around that time. I poke around. And I've seen uh, John Mellencamp is a uh, the John Mellencamp one because the uh, Van Morrison Van Morrison one would one's too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, mainstream rock charts. So, uh, what are we doing? A here? A little refresher. What of what we're doing here? Uh, if anybody got is past, letting you know. Yeah, let me know. The listeners obviously what, know what's happening. Uh, if anybody have uh, any of you made us made it past uh, me and Nick talking about the business exploits of Jimmy Buffett, congratulations. But that is not the gist of this podcast. The gist of this podcast is called... We didn't even intro the podcast we, uh, until now. It's been like eight minutes. <laughs> I feel like that's very unprofessional. But like I said, it's only our fifth episode. But I hope by the ninth episode we 
say the podcast's name. Should we just start it over? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> We had we had, well I we had like ep- I should have had a sound cue and then I, if I had pushed it then it would be like oh we're starting over again we're starting over yeah again. all right let's start we're over only, again. we're only seven minutes welcome yeah. back in you want to start over uh I don't want to start over okay no, I was just kidding okay okay I'm, can I'm we gonna... edit out the part where we're debating starting over no I think you should leave it in I think that's part of the fun of podcasting yeah. or we take out the part where we talk about taking it out and we only leave in the part where we talk about leaving it in yeah yeah Great. that's beautiful yeah. anyways <laughs> the like gist that. That this is less r- talk more rock less talk no it's less rock more talk right less <laughs> rock more talk. We'll get the uh, we'll get the gist of this pod. We'll get the title of this podcast right by episode nine. Don't look at the logo that I sent you. I need to change it now. <laughs> okay. Well, I never check my emails. Are there private parts in the logo? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a. It's uh, just the poster it. from the, the it's Howard stent- Stern movie. Yeah. <laughs> private parts. I say keep it. I think that would be. It's like a copyright a violation. Oh, they're they're not going to care. Howard's, Fair use. He's not that big. <laughs> He's only six three. Um. Anyways, so this is the podcast. Uh, Less rock, more talk. In this podcast, we break down. Didn't you get it backwards? No, so I less got it talk, backwards. More rock. Oh, it did. It does. Let's talk more. What's your rock. I got it. No, it's called? less rock, more talk. Is the name of the podcast. We should, well, this is probably going to be a heavy, heavy. It is called less rock, more talk. I miswrote it down because I've been hearing less talk more rock for my entire life as a classic rock radio listener so i got that ingrained in my head but we flip it we have the inverse whereas classic rock like a great classic rock station is mostly rock and a little bit of talk we are mostly talk and a little bit of rock well when you open that sick merch store you're gonna have two t-shirts available for the real hardcore fans the ones that say less rock more talk and the ones that say less talk more rock and then only the really hardcore fans will get it. Yeah. They were like, we've been fans since episode five. Yeah. <laughs> when they got it wrong. When, when they, they kept were, getting it wrong. They didn't even know the name of the podcast. And we loved them so much, we spent money on them. Yeah. Yeah. You could have two Patreon accounts, too. Yeah. We'll have a Less Talk, More Rock Patreon account and a Less Rock, More Talk Patreon account. Yes. And then we'll have a spinoff called Less Talk, More Rock, where me and Nick just uh, Nick just jam out. I'll be on the drums and Nick will be on guitar. Oh, Honestly, yeah. I Yo, don't. Keith, you can be the bass player. I don't yeah, want to belabor bass. this point even more, but I love how every time someone's about to say less talk, more rock, or less rock, more talk, it's like they're doing a small math problem. Yeah, no. Like there's... everybody takes half a second. You can see it in their eyes. They're like visualizing yeah. the words and the being like, which one am I trying to which say? Which one am I trying to say? <laughs> We're trying to say less rock, more talk. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Nailed it, baby! Nailed it. Only the twelfth attempt. Here rock we go. First, remember, rock, rock, first. then talk. Yes. First, you rock, Rocco, and then you taco. talk. You rock a little, then you talk a lot. Hi, welcome back to the top forty countdown. First, you rock, and then you talk. <laughs> We're counting down. We have a long distance dedication. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, we made it through. <laughs> what this podcast is all about is each week we take a look back at a different Billboard rock chart. Um, from the years ranging from 1981 to when uh, the Billboard uh, Mainstream Rock charted. Uh, char- <laughs> the Mainstream Billboard Rock Mainstream farted. Rock farted. No, the Billboard <laughs> Mainstream Rock chart was founded until 2012, roughly, but mostly 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Why are we giving up in 2012? We're giving up in 2012 because that's when Spotify really started and Apple Music started really taking over, and that kind of changed the way you listen to music. I like that you uh, gave equal representation to Apple Music and Spotify. That was really I want to play both sides of the aisle. He was mostly Spotify, but the, I use Apple Music, so he had to start well, giving Keith it up Well, Keith uses Apple music. music, too. I use it, too. Yeah. Guilty. High five. But our next guest uses Spotify, so that son of a bitch. Wait till someone's like, him. "I use Amazon Music." <laughs> They're not invited on the show. I asked what <laughs> streaming service you can use. They're like, "I like Amazon." I like You're Amazon like, Music. I like YouTube Music. I actually do like YouTube Music. Yeah, I did the good? free trial. I did the whole. You know, you do you do the free every free trial. You use all of them. Got to use every one of them. And then once you've totally 
run every free child dry, mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, I'm you're paying a hundred and seventy five dollars a month because you forgot to turn off every single free yeah, trial. It's called don't forget. You put a note in your phone, you put it in your calendar, it'll pop up, tell you to cancel it. Don't be a dumbass. Don't give these companies your money. Just sign up for one. That's I, all that you take away from this podcast. I people. have thirty-two free, uh, free Hulu Live trials that have just crossed over, and now I'm paying for so many Hulu Live. It's six hundred dollars a month. It's yeah. crazy, and you just don't want to call anyone. Yeah, you don't want to have to talk to anybody. Uh, hello, Hulu. Hi, who, hello. Is this Mr. Hulu? I accidentally. I was trying to scam you guys, and it didn't work. Backfired totally. I got hard scammed. You gave me that hard scam. Hard scam. Uh, <laughs> but at the good point is, uh, if you spend a thousand dollars a month on Hulu, uh, Seth Meyers will come over to your house and have brunch with you. I would have. I would have brunch with Seth Meyers. New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire's New own. New Hampshire's own Seth Meyers. <laughs> Uh, is New Hampshire more proud about Seth Meyers or Adam Sandler by this point? I'd oh, say the Seth Sandman Myers. for sure. Sandman for sure. I think. Really? Sandman's got. Sandman's got. Uh, he's getting Oscar buzz. He was really nice uh, that one time that I met him at uh, Gunstock Ski Resort in Guilford, New Hampshire. You know what, man? You play your cards right. Sandman's coming on this show. I'm calling it. <laughs> uh, uh, do Do you want to see if we can get him? We, yeah. Let's we, do, yeah. No. He. Uh, he's. Uh, he's covered a couple different classic rock songs. You lie to him. Mm-hmm. You lie to him. You say, "Hey." This podcast we do in New Hampshire, <laughs> and then just keep driving. We like, get six hundred thousand listeners. You blindfold him, you take yeah. him in, and then you lead him into Nick's bathroom. <laughs> and then he's like, "What's this? What's this closet in Nick's bathroom? Oh wait, there's a cool staircase. Oh, next thing you know, he's tied up. He's wearing headphones, and he's doing a podcast with you guys. Oh yeah, and he's like looking at uh, Nick's like, copy of Wait. Yeah. Oh, this guy has waiting on DVD. My favorite film. <laughs> I like that he's British now. I love me some Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are here to cover the week of the Billboard Mainstream Rock Charts from, and, let me see if I've got this correctly, July 17th, 1999. That is correct, sir. Yes! July 17th, 1999. This episode's a little bit- this. You did it. Is a little bit different than the first four episodes because now we're going back to a time when me and Nick have uh, actual memories of yeah. what was happening during the July 1999. Oh, Although I remember too, man, I was burning CDs like wildfire. This is like peak Napster days. Ninety nine was I think two thousand yeah. was Napster. But no, man, ninety nine. Ninety nine might might have been started in ninety nine. Well, I definitely. You know I might have had. I might have had. Uh, I might have been waiting for uh, two hours to download uh, Yoda by Weird Al Yankovic. There, cable internet had just came out, mm-hmm. or in my town. So we had cable in your house, in my own house. You my were parents, rich. What my parents had, it was paying a million dollars a month. They had so many Hulu subscriptions. They didn't care. The Hulu wasn't even a thing. Yeah, they were also it. time travelers. Hulu, pre- yeah, Hulu prescriptions were twenty five thousand dollars a month back in nineteen. But no, this list of songs, I'm telling you, man, I had burned CDs with all of them, all these songs on there. Absolutely, that was pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, it is a good list. Um, I will say, I was looking back. I was thinking back my own personal recollections of nineteen ninety nine. I was thinking about a recent episode of. WTF with Mark Marin, okay. Mary Lou wow, Henner's on it. Name dropping pretty hard. Yeah, right name dropping uh, more popular podcasts that I listen to. <laughs> um, but Mary Lou Henner has a photo ge- photographic memory, and uh, her and Mark Marin were talking about how most people, like the average person, only has eight to eleven year uh, memories of a year <laughs> in time. And I was like, I have way than more than eight memories of 1999. I was thinking back. I was like, all right, Star Wars: Phantom Menace, yep. Woodstock '99. Yep. Uh, girls started getting training bras, okay. and then I like kind of like it's like uh oh the the major league baseball all star game at Fenway Park, and then after that I'm like oh shit I don't I don't even I have like half of that amount of memories of the average person of <laughs> 1999. 
I'm sure that if I started going through... Oh, Wild Wild actually, West. That's five. So I got five. Wild Wild West came out in 99? Yeah, Wild Damn. Wild West came out in 99, too. Uh, I believe uh, there's a lot of things that actually came out in 1999. Oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah, Magnolia came out in 99. Not what I was going to go for, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's very the, good. The, the, Paul, the you cl- were, great films of 1999. What? Wild Wild West, Phantom Menace. And you were like, goddamn, Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, genius. Magnolia didn't resonate with me at 99, but... <laughs> Okay. I didn't see it in theaters, but uh, but Phantom Menace definitely did. Oh yeah, Hell I think yeah. I saw that five times in the theater. I saw it five twice, times? three I think for me. I was young enough where I didn't know that I was supposed to hate Phantom Menace. That was a true piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've I've gone through. Uh, oh my god, we're gonna get on. Let's kind of try to limit the Star Wars discussion. Yeah, to like I've a, gone through. A couple I've minutes. gone through such a such a journey with Phantom Menace myself because uh, I loved it as a child. Uh, got poisoned by the zeitgeist and was like, oh, George is a piece of shit. And now I'm completely fine with Phantom Menace. I love watching it. I'll watch it. Uh, me and my girlfriend probably put it on every other month. I think it's important to talk about things that happened in the year of the... the Our Lord, that we're 1999. On, the music that we're working on talking about. Eventually we'll get to it someday. Yeah, we're about... I, I think the... Yeah, we're about... 45 minutes into the podcast and we haven't But this was the show. week before Woodstock 99. This was the week before Woodstock 99, which is I remember being mad that my parents wouldn't let me go to Woodstock 99 as a, an 11-year-old. You're sure? You sure it was the week before? Yeah. You looked it up? I looked it up recently. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I went to my first heavy metal concert it like right before that and the band I went to see ended up playing at Woodstock 99. Megadeth. Yeah. Was it Megadeth? Nailed it. <laughs> Psychic. Yeah. Come, where, where did you see With it? Dave Worcester Mustaine? Centrum? Dave Mustaine. It was Megadeth at uh, Winter Island in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. And oh. my buddy's dad was a cop, and he was working the show, and he let us uh, go backstage. And so we got to go meet Megadeth, and we got to meet Power Man 5000. Ooh, so Spider, Rob Zombie's brother. And also in Salem, Massachusetts, you're in his backyard. Right in the yard, man. That was uh, yeah. That's where he's from. Spider? Uh, yeah, or Spider and Rob. Rob they're from- They're not from Salem. They're not from Salem, but they're from like fucking Needham or like some- Andover sub- or something? Yeah, some like- I didn't know Ro- this insanely, Rob Zombie and Spider are New England guys. They're like insanely suburb Massachusetts. Yeah, they're I can't suburban. remember where though. They don't- Resonate with New England as much as uh, I don't know. It's a bit another because they don't New say fucking. Yeah, they don't sound like a fucking. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not uh, Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not like I shove it up to Boston, dude. Fuck your cow. Fuck your mom. Fuck you, asshole. This is what it's all about. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not on here. But hey, that's a great song. Anyways, uh, July seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine, Woodstock ninety nine. What a great memory. <laughs> not really. But we recently, it could have been. It could have been. Had you have gone, sure. Maybe, I, maybe it would have been if eleven-year-old precocious me was was there. They were throwing s- mud pretty hard, weren't they? Or was that ninety-four? That was ninety-four uh, with the mud. I do remember that uh, shot of Billy Joe Armstrong when the mud hits his and guitar. He was throwing it back. Yeah, <laughs> and security guard uh, tackled Mike Dirnt, the bass player. Really? Because they thought he was somebody that was like crashing the stage. Name dropping. <laughs> like they like ta- wow. like they tackled him. Nineteen ninety four. They still would have been. Like, that's like prime uh, uh, Green Day uh, uh, oh, speed Dookie, territory. Man. They yeah. were still Dookie. on speed. Yeah, that, that was Dookie. That was that was the Dookie that was days. Pre Insomniac. Mm. Great album. Uh, so, d- are are we ready? Do we I think we're ready. Honorable mentions. I think we're getting amped up. I think we're getting ready. Honorable mentions are. I picked the two weirdest songs. Okay. On the honorable mentions. Great. I picked Silver Chair, Australian. Teen Grunge okay. from their album Neon Ballroom. The song about, called Anna's Song, about the lead singer's bout with anorexia, which was very, uh, very heartfelt song for Silverchair. I remember seeing that and I was like, this is weird. A guy has anorexia. And then uh, 20 years later, it still seems a little bit odd. But uh, Silverchair, very bu- popular in Australia. Hmm. Will Green's favorite grunge band. <laughs> I always thought they seemed like cool Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> like they just kind of had like a cool, like we're cool Hanson vibe. Uh, it does have a uh, parenthesis. 
Open Fire. Yeah, yeah, Anna's yeah. song, Open Fire. Yeah, that's ridiculous. What did that come in as? Uh, that came in at, I think it was 30, uh, 35, in the 30s somewhere. I don't didn't write it. <laughs> Second week in a row. But still, I mean, like... Uh, Good thing right. we don't have the internet or anything. Yeah. We only, we only go... No, we don't. Doesn't come really in. Doesn't come in in the basement. You don't have yep. that Hulu subscription. Enough. That's true. Doesn't That's true. Uh, I know nothing about Silverchair. Are they like a like an Our Lady piece kind of? No, they're like teen prodigies. Um, they came out with their first album like f- four years before this. I think ninety five. I think they called guy was Frog like Stomp. Yeah, they were fifteen. So they're about nineteen here. He's already been through an re- eating disorder and <laughs> drug addiction. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. They 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 have they come up quick. Yeah, <laughs> in the grunge scene. Can you imagine going through like all like the worst things by the time you're like twenty and you're like, all right, well now it's time to uh, it's just figure sailing. out mortgages. <laughs> yeah. Got to make sure my credit score is tight. Yeah, yeah. I've already dealt with heroin addiction, so let me tell you something. A, a 730 credit score, I'm rocking it. <laughs> Did I just bring the whole room down? Everybody's like, oh, 730. That would be great. That's shit. No way. That's good, right? Yeah, that's fine. I think 800's kind of where you're... Where the ideally where you'd love to be, but I think and this is why are. we're doing this podcast is talk credit scores probably. Um, <laughs> silver chair, silver chair, great. Ooh, ooh, kittens up. Uh, any other honorable mention? Other honorable mention is Scorpions. What in 1999? This is the first of a couple bands that I know, Nick, you'll be like, in 1999? <laughs> yeah. Chart. yeah, there's a few of them. There's a few of them. Scorpions, uh, their most critically lambasted album called I Do I, they had a song called Mysterious coming in at number 30. In 1999, for some reason, the Scorpions decided to uh, change their sound like completely, and it did not pay off. Interesting. It paid off enough to be number thirty on this week's chart, but mainstream rock chart. Yeah, made it made it at least to the rock charts. Uh, we we can li- yeah fi- I, fire it up. I'm I think very you'll, you'll interested. It's um. Oh wow! Is it kosher to talk over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you say yeah, or is that the song? That was a song. Oh, wow. A little bit of both. Nick, let's sing it up. I'm going to say uh, hints of uh, V3. That's all I know. V3? Van Halen 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gary yeah. Sharon. With like a little bit of bush. A little bit of bush, yeah. Sounds like he's talking directly to the person that's going down on him right now. <laughs> He's like, you know what people loved about loving an elevator? Below jobs. <laughs> the thing I get most out of it is it's like it's like the Scorpions trying to sound like the Savage Garden. Oh, interesting. It sounds like a Savage Garden song. Trying to be. Wait, are you thinking Savage Garden or? Yes, yeah, Savage Garden, the Australian pop band. Okay. Fun fact about Megadeth and Scorpions—they just toured together a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, who's the who's the uh? How's that go? Uh, and it, it's not uh. Oh, I think that Coldplay's right. clocks. That's not Coldplay, but it definitely do- has a name like that. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, what the hell is the name of that band? They had. Uh, a, they were like a techno-y band, right? No, they were like a rocky, but like, was it? It wasn't filter, was it? No. Mm, my God, I'm not gonna think of it right now. Maybe it, they're on the chart. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we'll find out. But it does sound like, like in 1999, it sounds like they're like, this is what the kids like, and 
I'm not going to say that they missed it. They did well. But it's the Scorpion. It's like a bunch of old Germans doing that's what the, the kids problem. like. That's where they, they missed the mark. They are very old. I think they yeah. started in 1947. I don't know. Yeah, if, yeah they're very old. They're the very picture old that I'm looking at is freakish. The one, the album cover? <laughs> yeah. It's, with like him it, holding his hands They on don't look like the Scorpions. They look like old guys trying to look like Savage Garden. Yeah. Yeah. Should give, give Keith a look at the album cover. If... I want to stand with Doesn't you look like a Scorpions man. album. There's no scorp- nah, actual it, scorpion. It looks like a Ramstein album. Yeah. <laughs> like Ramstein like Collective Soul. Pop. Collective Soul is the name I was looking for. Didn't they just play it? They Aura? did just play at Aura. Yeah. yeah, but they've been around for a while. Yeah, they've been around a long uh, time. I saw the Gin Blossoms Hence open up. That's why they played at Aura. Soul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, when the Gin Blossoms opened up, they were. Uh, this was after. Uh, uh, what's his name? Is Long Dead. Uh, but they, they were like, hi. You might not remember us. We are the Gin Blossoms. Um, we're opening up for Collective Soul, and then they like went into like whatever uh, the big hit. What was the big hit? Hey Jealousy. Yes, Hey Jealousy. That's what I was looking for. Uh, great. Let's go into the countdown. So the, n- now we're into it. Yes. Great. So we'll number plow ten. Through it. We got another guest coming tonight. They'll probably be <laughs> banging on the door for half the episode. I do not have my phone with. Oh no, I do. We're good. Okay. Uh, number too. ten, coming in at number ten. This is. Uh, I'm very excited about this one. Okay. One of the uh, iconic rock songs of 1999. A song that was one of the last cassettes I ever owned. Really? Yes, I bought the, this album on cassette. Nice. Along with a Blessed Union of Souls cassette. <laughs> well, I'm glad we all know which cassette was the last you might have bought. Yeah. At least like new, like shrink wrapped. Like oh, good. retail <laughs> in an FYI retail price at no at a strawberries. I need nice. the specification at a strawberries for like fourteen ninety nine. Now for extra credit, do you still have the receipt? I don't have the receipt. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I still have this cassette though, um, and the Blessed Union of Souls cassette. Um, okay, okay, but uh, it's Litz, Ooh. my own worst enemy. Oh, classic riff off their one their one big album, A Place in the Sun. It's a great album, and this is the big hit off the album. Oh, but yeah. there's some good deep cuts on that album. Uh, I think I saw them once, possibly. Oh, yeah. Just scored so many teen comedies from like 1999 to 2003. Right? Oh, yeah. It was just the opening for, like, you know, American uh, uh, Pie. Ameri- yeah, that's what I was going to go for. It's got to uh, be an American Pie, right? Yeah, it's got to be an, if not American Pie, then American Pie 2. I don't know why it stopped playing, but it did. Mm. Different guitar tone. Mm. Everybody comes in. Here's the thing. This is my wheelhouse. Like pop punk, like some forty one, uh, uh, Eve six. Like this whole sound of just like I, it, less than Jake, all the punk ska thing. This is my. This is where I thrive. Now, doesn't the singer sound like the guy from Third Eye Blind? Yes, definitely. I would say it almost leans more towards like the Third Eye Blind realm than the pop punk thing, you know? but it does have some kind of oh yeah it's not there, yeah it's not that punky no pop punk yeah this right here no pop punk i always still think of like faster a little bit faster yeah you know what i mean that was like a spot but i mean even like uh uh green day green day had slowish kind of jams but this riffy kind of thing that like that went into like pop punk of the late 90s and early 2000s as opposed to the early 90s like it became more riff based when yeah. you think of bands like Sugar Cult and shit like that yeah Sugar Cult yeah, yeah. kind of similar to Shimmer. yeah it's I wouldn't say it's pop punk but it's pop punk adjacent maybe. sure but yeah. I would say probably more like pop rock I'm uh, sure there were plenty of parents that were like you're not getting that record yeah they say shit in the song ooh my parents let me I get it I hope you guys bleep it out jeez <laughs> when he said shit all that, all the potty words. We don't need that. All that. my grandmother's the show. I had to mask it the 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 lit cassette with a Blessed Union of Souls cassette. Oh my god, you are a rebel. 
There was a time when I was hiding cassette tapes and CDs. Like, under yeah, this my is bed. around the era that I was hiding cassettes and CDs. Like, At least uh, you weren't hiding them in your body. That would be especially a CD. <laughs> a CD. You might be able to fit, if you might be able to if you spread your cheeks wide enough. You might be able to fit a cassette, but a CD. Oh, I definitely Ooh. have some weird shaped poops where you it can, just yeah. comes out very flat you and break very it in half, long. <laughs> and then you could tape it back together when you want to listen to it. That's how CDs work. Uh, but I'm I'm into it so far. We're starting off yeah, strong. That's, that's rock. That's rock. I Number like nine. Rock. Number nine. Speaking of bands from New England, oh Jesus, we oh, got oh my God. Godsmack. Oh baby, <laughs> with whatever. <laughs> now this is a cool band. This, I, is, this a band. is like the I I think of this as like the Boston band of uh, or at least like in this genre. I mean, who didn't get that sun tattoo on their belly button? Let's be oh, real. Oh man, I mean, yeah, we all have that, right? I, mean, I honestly, we all do. Uh, there's no, like. I was into Godsmack at the time, but in reverse, I, I just can't. Oh, yeah. Just heavy guitar. It's hard to get, yeah. This is, I, I venture to say this is, like, kind of Your main influence in your band? Of, yes, my band, as well as uh, just new metal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They were on the forefront. Like, yeah. I know Korn was a little earlier. Yeah. Yeah, tw- uh, I feel like uh, this is what I think became like the early two thousands popular sound. new metal sound. And well, by the time you get it was yeah. too inaccessible, yeah, for the mainstream. I mean, it was everywhere, but it was not like an easily rep- uh, uh, replicatable sound. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, corn always sounds like corn. If you did the corn sound, people would be like, "You sound like corn." Yeah. But you could re- you could reproduce this very easily. Yeah, because Sully's voice is like. It was so imitatable. Yeah, because he was doing like a shitty Eddie Staley. Vedder impression. Yeah, well, it's like yeah, James Hetfield Eddie Vedder combo piece. Yeah, it lasted. Uh, I mean, the go- the name of the fucking band is Godsmack. Allison Chains is uh, right there, but none of us. Connor got it. Godsmack. Yeah, though, they they are one of the bands that got really popular organically like they toured like crazy yeah like, they don't have like the big they never were like one of those big, bands that big uh, crossover hit yeah the, i mean the, they did have that song on the scorpion king soundtrack but that's about like as mainstream as they got uh, i, think I, I was wondering if they had one on the <laughs> straight uh, out of line of the damned no, it was a, i stand alone soundtrack what soundtrack queen of the damned because Static X had a, Probably. a big hit off of that, and I feel like Godsmack would have fit right in with Static X for that. Sure. I went to so many metal festivals, and I cannot believe I've never seen Godsmack. They play they like were... New England so often. I know. I, I feel like they weren't. Well, they weren't those at the bands. Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom. We should road trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little past my time with Godsmack. But you also, <laughs> you, you probably went to BFD back in the day, right? Uh, big field day at yeah. Meadowbrook when it was still a field. I think like it was like stained and um I never saw stained. I saw like disturbed, I saw drowning pool. Mm, I saw let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. I that guy, the singer died. Uh and I'd just seen them twice somehow. Like within a span of like three, four months, <laughs> I'd seen them twice. Just didn't mean to see them. I just went to a couple of festivals that they were on. And then, accidentally and then he's dead. And I'm like, well, I guess I saw that guy. Yeah. The Damn. bodies hit the floor. The, <laughs> the last body time. hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> They've had so many lead singers. They go through lead singers like most bands go through drummers. I think Drowning Pool's on their fourth or fifth lead singer. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Bringing up the facts. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought I was a real drown head. I guess not. No. <laughs> A pool junkie, pool pool junkie, <laughs> pool head baby, pool head, pool runner. <laughs> no running at the pool. Uh, I follow my own rules. Uh, this, of course, brings us to number eight. Number eight. Uh, here's a uh, band that's along the lines of Godsmack. Probably one of the biggest bands of this era. They did play Woodstock '99. They had a huge 1999, but they're, this is the last single off their debut album, My Own Prison. Of course, it's Orlando, Florida's own Creed with one. Um, <laughs> this, is a ma- this was a massive album. And then the next one that came out a few months uh, after that was even bigger because My Own Prison, that came out in August 97. 
They're still they, they still had a song in the top ten two I years later. I looked that up. I was like, how? I'm like, I looked at what, what what album was in '99, and I look and it says '97. I'm like, what the? Yeah. Hell? So this song was like two years old. Seriously? Yeah. It came it out in did, August '97. They were just ripping the hits. Yeah. Man. People loved. People loved Creed. People really did. It Never w- got into him. Never got into him. Somehow I managed to not fall under that. I gotta say, uh, this is not gonna make me very popular or cool, but I gotta say, I enjoy some Creed. I remember being in a hard rock cafe in Washington, D.C. in probably 1999 and seeing uh, uh, With Eyes Wide Open uh, coming up on the screen in the hard rock cafe and just being like, yeah, we can all <laughs> sing along with this. <laughs> just big epic anthems. Yeah. Uh, Mark Tremonti's a talented guitarist. So this is before Scott Stapp really lost his marbles. Did you know Burt Kreischer was in a band with Mark Tremonti? That doesn't. They're both Florida guys. Yeah, I didn't like know when that, they were but... in college or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I think that's so funny. And now, he, and then he ends up in Creed. That dude has Bert Kreischer has so many connections with like random stuff. It's bananas. But yeah, Creed never got into him. Mark Tremonti rips on guitar though. That yeah. guy can rip. Yeah, Alter Bridge is kind of like the. It's like the Creed. His band afterwards. That's like kind of the Creed. It's slightly more okay to like. He is a shredder. Yeah, Alter Bridge. Is it even more Christian? No, I think it's. They have a song called Metalingus, so I don't think that's very cri- Christ-like. Okay. No, I think Christ would have been into Metalingus. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it's something. It's, yeah, it's below the. And it, there it goes. <laughs> Metalingus over. All right. Creed. Um, I just always remember the story of uh, Scott Stapp in that hotel just going, 311, it is time to fight. Oh, yeah, when he got his ass kicked by 311. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. That's a great story. Oh yeah. my god! It's so they were like, buttered. we don't want to fight. We're watching a Lakers game, but like Scott Stapp just kept provoking them, and they like, and he just stands on the bar in front of them, like in front of the TV, and is just like three eleven. It is time to fight, and they're like, what? <laughs> All right, well, okay. Hey, I mean, you got to be a dick to get like three eleven are not violent people. Yeah, I think there's. Also oh, I some thought they were all in a happening. gang or something. Aren't they big gang members? You're thinking of uh, MS-13. <laughs> MS-311. MS-311. Yeah. The, uh, yeah At the end of every show, 311 kills the whole audience. <laughs> Debunk God, I, it. I hope 311 Prove me wrong. Uh, well, yeah, 311's going to be on an upcoming episode. Ooh, I bet. Woo! Will, uh, will be the song down? Yeah, definitely. I don't want to spoil it. One. So, um, number seven. Number seven, another band that played at Woodstock 99. Ooh. Actually, there's, uh, let's see how many. One, Red Hot two. Chili Peppers. Actually, only three bands that played Woodstock 99. If Limp Biscuit actually has a fucking charting hit on the mainstream rock success, this is going to be sad. We're a couple of years, I think we're a year or so away from uh, Limp Biscuit showing up on the mainstream really? chart. Really? $3 bill y'all came out in like I think that was more on the alternative rock charts. Okay. I, I think they were still considered underground. Significant Other 2000. Significant Other is 99. The second one with like uh, Break Stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nookie. Nookie. Yeah, that's 99. He did it all for the Nookie. But this band, uh, kind of a for a one hit wonder, Oleander. With their one song, Why I'm Here, and I was like, oh, I kind of remember this. Fun fact, I lost my virginity to this song. Are you serious right now? No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I can can almost believe it. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, oh, what's going to get me... What's going to get me there? Ostracized from this podcast? Yeah. No, 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 I'm going to... Say the Oleander song. Oleander will make me remember my first time. I feel like this playing Ooh. in back the background of like behind the music or something. It or like is also on the American Two soundtrack, American by Two soundtrack. Yeah, like this the scene where like they talk about the singer committing suicide. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, uh, morphine, Nirvana. It's any of the like grungy kind of Stone like, Temple Pilots. Yeah. Just like it's uh, at this point, it's like still like just. Uh, grunge is kind of like filtering down into new metal. Yeah. 
I do kind of like this, though. But still holding on. Yeah, still holding on to the little Yeah, uh, Smashing Pumpkins had a, a cellist live, so they have a violin player. <laughs> I get it. I'm a sucker for vocal harmonies. A little bit uh, Alice in Chains, too. Definitely. Sorry, just music that I imagined was sitting in a basement, not unlike this one. <laughs> but in a much more downtrodden mood. Oh, even yeah. more wood paneling Yeah, somehow. even more wood paneling. More damp <laughs> ceiling, in this basement. Wood paneling ceiling, wood paneling floor. Yeah. Wood paneling television. Oh, here we go. Just a lot of spoons around. Yeah. Mm. I'm cool with this chorus. I'm not a bad song. Yeah. I mean, I've heard quick, I've heard the same song cut. from Smashing Pumpkins and uh, 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 Alice in Chains and everything else, but fine. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Why I'm here? The, it literally was a self fulfilling prophecy. It was why they were there. Why yeah, that one that song. We're gonna contribute. It got them to Woodstock '99. Great job. Yeah. What did they just play that song ten times? Probably. That's cool, man. They had another. They had a uh, song called "February Sun." They apparently. did a bunch of covers or something. <laughs> they did. They did the national anthem. <laughs> they, played the, they played. Please Bob. Oh, you know, stand Bob. for the you national know, uh, anthem. You know who played the na- uh, not a rock artist, but you know who played the national? Did the Jimi Hendrix tribute at Woodstock '99 and tried oh, to play a guitar let solo? It was uh, Kathy Bates. No, <laughs> oh, almost. It was good. Norman Bates. Ah, uh, Norman. Wyclef Jean. Really? Oh, Wyclef. He, he tried to play the national anthem on the guitar like Jimi Hendrix. It did <laughs> not was not quite as memorable as Jimi Hendrix at the original Woodstock. Yeah. Mm, debatable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six. Number six. We're talking about grunge. So this is one of the grunge bands. Mm. Only one still hanging around by 99. Pearl Jam. Yes. With a song that was a big crossover to the pop charts. Their cover of Last Kiss. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) That was super disappointing. I was hoping it was going to be like Yellow Ledbetter or something. I wanted to hear a rocker here. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I remember... Because when I was uh, when I was coming up in bands, this was like one of those ones that you would see at like every fucking coffee shop band playing or like a battle of the bands. Like at least one person would play it. Oh, yeah. I thought this was a standalone single, but it was actually uh, it was uh, released off of a benefit album for uh, Kosovo refugees. It's very 1999. Mm, Kosovo, one of my favorite genocides. Oh, uh, whoa! <laughs> one of my top ten genocides. Give us your other nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! Yeah. I was so excited, and then this, I was immediately dashed on the road. What other like, Pearl, I don't Pearl Jam song? What Pearl Jam? Jam? Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam? <laughs> oh, yeah, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. <laughs> what Pearl Jam song did you think it was going to be in 99? Uh, 99? I, I, when did Videology come out? That was 94. Ah, goddammit. When did Yield come Yield out? Yield was 99. So okay, it could have been like, Yield. Uh, do the Evolution or something like that. The evolution. Yeah, yeah, Given to Fly would have been a fucking great song. That was the first mm. new vinyl album I ever bought when it came out. No shit. Yield. Yield. Um, but yeah, this was, a, this was number two. This was Pearl Jam's biggest hit on the pop charts. It went, went to number two on the pop charts. No shit. Yep. I that. like this song as a uh, for sentimental reasons. This is one of my you favorite. You lost your virginity to this song. I, I lost my virginity to <laughs> Well, he had this Pearl playing Jim's. and Oleander at the same time because he couldn't pick, so he had to play both. I had to play both. <laughs> I, I really have no problem with this song. Like, it's fine. No, I, it's not just because I like the song. Well, I mean, the song's whatever. I This is one of my favorite songs to sing on long car rides on the way home from comedy shows. Coincidentally, one of my favorite oh, songs about a car wreck? to hear yes. Connor Great. sing on a long car ride. So, yeah. Oh, Get my baby be. Are Helps me all, stay awake. Are we all going into it's Eddie Vedder impressions? Oh, I don't know why. Why? Why? Why is your Eddie Vedder it's a just goat? One word. It sounds like a why? goat. Why? I don't know why. <laughs> goat Vedder? <laughs> it's Goaty Vedder. I don't Goaty know. Goaty Vedder. And it go, get, does it get any back. better than this? I say, uh, you know, there's no problem that I've ever been able to, that I haven't been able to conquer about just going out surfing for about 75 hours straight. It's great. I hang out with my buddy Jack Johnson. <laughs> Why? 
<laughs> this is the worst play ever. Three vetters. <laughs> Three vetters. Lend uh, me a vetter. Lend me a vetter. Uh, but this is this uh, Pearl Jam's cover of Last Kiss and uh, is my top two favorite songs to sing on Lager and Car Rides home from comedy shows the other one is doing my impression of uh chickens can you just play the beginning of alive at some point just real quick (laughs) just so i can feel the one pearl jam song that really connect (laughs) my number one is wait wait. chickens singing metallica's black album okay just various songs from the black album great Mm -hmm. just clucking instead of james huck (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. That'll keep you up at two in the morning. Uh, I'm I'm ripping this off of uh, another podcast, but it does crack me up to no end. Um, Dave Matthews singing Brick by uh, Ben Folds. She's a brick and I... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Uh, of course, this does bring us to the top five. Top five. Oh, God, yes. I feel like I should have been told that that was going to happen because I wasn't rehearsed okay. on that. Top five, number five. Number five. Cockrockers. Ooh. Uh, Buck Cherry. Penis pluckers. <laughs> Penis pluckers. All right. The heavily tattooed Buck Cherry with their breakout hit, Lit Up. Mm-mm-hmm. I love that cocaine. I love that cocaine. cocaine. I, I love, love that, that cocaine. cocaine. It's My, very throwback song for yeah. 1999. My yeah. mom loved that I loved this song. <laughs> Did your mom love cocaine? Does your mom love cocaine? She does not, actually. Oh, yeah! She's actually very against drugs and alcohol. This is so cock rock. It's amazing that Buck Cherry never got the uh, radio play that uh, Jet got. <laughs> yeah, but you could crank this shit up. Yeah. And then you'd be getting your dick sucked before you know it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Or just a lot Why? of women being like, red flag. <laughs> yeah. Little keychain. Yeah. Little keychains there. It's a arrangement nice. It's a it's a nice arrangement. I love that cocaine. I love that cocaine. It's got uh, some like overtones of Aerosmith. Yes. A little bit of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little guitar solo. Yeah. Just very, very throwback little. for 1999. It was a very guitar little guitar solo. Well, I mean, in the same way that like Pearl Jam was kind of a classic rock band more than they were like a grunge band. Yeah. You know, I, there, there was that, that element. I mean, Stone Temple Pilots or like any of those bands. Like, there was an element that, like, we loved the 60s in the 90s, you know? All right. Okay. Everybody agrees with me. Great. Number four. Coming in at number four, <laughs> another grunge band with the very, very last song that they recorded with their original frontman, Lane Staley. Ooh. Allison Chains, Get Born Again. It was recorded for a box set that they, uh, it was a new song off their box set, Get uh, Nothing Safe, Best of the Box. I consider myself a pretty, pretty big Alice in Chains fan. Gotta say, really? didn't know this tune. Didn't didn't even know this one. You didn't own the box set. Missed out on the box set. I only had that one album. But apparently, Dirt? was that the album? Dirt? Oh, such a good album. Yeah, that's the one that I had. Oh, so good. With the Wood and the Rooster. And... No, that's no, that's a different one, right? No, Wood. Wood. Oh yeah, I guess that was, and. I guess I don't. Jerry Cantrell, right? Because I'm yes. a fake yeah, Allison Chains fan. Oof. God, they really did just have a sound. Yeah. It's just very, uh, very, this is very heroin den. Well, it's kind of funny because, like, uh, sounding. Lane did all the heroin, yeah. I think. But, but mm-hmm. like, Jerry wrote a lot of the tunes. Like, he wrote a lot of lyrics to the tunes, too. Yeah. And their vocal harmony that's so like oh my god that's Allison Chains a lot of that is is Jerry like I don't know if you've hear, heard the new stuff the new Allison yeah. Chains with the new singer but it, it almost sounds 
just kind of like it. It always has always sounded. did. Yeah, I just feel like Jerry gets Jerry Cantrell, the guitar player, just has. He he was like a he little really bit more is the... he kind of is the band like huh. secretly wasn't Lane you know I mean Lane has an amazing voice but uh, I, is it unfair that I also put Lane band. in the same category for some odd reason as the lead singer from uh, uh, who did No Rain Blind Blind Mountain while they're both dead uh, they're yeah a little yeah. bit more than that yeah <laughs> I don't know I kind of think of them in, as like similar yeah but burn uh, it, it was yeah. sad man Lane. Lane, who just oh, it was so bad after he he just went so went downhill down. for so long. Yeah, this was song was at the start of it. This was recorded in '98, still came out '99. But like, uh, I'm gonna say I'm into this. Song. He had no teeth yeah. for like the yeah. last couple of recordings or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they were saying I mean, the producer of the song from Jay and Silent Bob hasn't had teeth in forever. But the- have you heard? Have you heard lately or pay attention to Allison Chains Unplugged because. It is. You're like, whoa! This guy has no teeth. He's like, <laughs> like all, the, like. <laughs> feel, you know, <laughs> I sound right. just like that. Allison, but uh, yeah, the producer of this song said uh, Lane Staley was uh, on the way out. 80, 80 pounds, <sighs> white as a sheet, and very te- toothless when they recorded this song. Very sad. Yeah. And and they asked Jerry Cantrell for comment at the, in 1999, and Jerry Cantrell just said no comment. So mm-hmm. let's. He didn't deny it. So it just, I'm not going to say that they've ever been an uplifting band. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I, and I don't think you'd want to p- put this Alice in Chains on at a party. No, then not unless it was a heroin not that party. Tune. Hell no. Uh, so we're going to go to something completely different. Please tell me it's Blink One Eight Two. Almost as good. <laughs> nice. Number three. From the soundtrack for Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. What? Lenny Kravitz's cover uh, of the Guess American Who's American Woman. Woman yes. All right. Uh, this is uh, fantastic. And uh, I would say also horrible at the same time. Not not good. I, I Lenny Kravitz is one of those artists that uh, inspires a lot of vitriol, I find, in Friends. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I don't, here's the thing. I think the most offensive thing about Lenny Kravitz is that there's nothing that offensive, which is the problem. And he's trying... The, I think the thing that people... Uh, the biggest problem people have with Lenny Kravitz is he's trying to ape so many different classic rock stars, and he doesn't really have his own identity. Yeah. Well, in fifth grade, I will say that I was convinced by someone else, obviously, because a fifth grader doesn't have their own opinions, but convinced that this guy was the new Hendrix. The new. Really? That's, someone convinced me. I was like, oh, this is the new Hendrix, for sure. Because he mean, played yeah. the same guitar. I was, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, this guy's nothing like Jimi Hendrix. No. I think I think if he had... It, like, he could play... A, Guitar he solo. He can play guitar, kinda, but, but he he's not like God. shred. Did you ever sound. see that 99 Prince concert that he was on? And so he comes out and he does uh, Fly Away and American Woman. And so he does a guitar solo. And then Prince looks at him and you see Prince like mouth to him like, my turn. And then he just like shreds a guitar solo and just yeah. basically embarrasses Lenny Kravitz Prince in front was of the whole ripper. This like whole audience, it's like it's ridiculous. But um, I, that's the thing. He's he's not. He is talented. He's got a big old dick. We know that. Yeah, popped but, out of his leather pants. And like, as far as like a singer, he's fine. His songs are fine. His songs are fine. This is a fine cover he's of American Applebee's. Woman. Like, yeah, you know, he's fine. Yeah, I mean, why not just cover songs that were already popular? Maybe you can, you know, double down on your money. Yeah. Give He's Bert, basically give, kids bop uh, the adult. Give uh, Burton Cummings some sweet royalties checks. <laughs> they have a hot ass Heather Graham in the music video. Ooh, fresh off of uh, Austin uh, Powers. Swingers. But and Heather, Austin Powers Heather, if you're listening, too. Heather, if you're listening, you're still a fox. All right, Heather. A little lower. <laughs> still How a fox. does that feel, baby? That's another movie that came out in '99. Austin Powers. The Spy Who Shagged Me. That's the second one, right? Not nearly as good oh, as the yeah. first one, but it's Oh, uh, no. It was, I was equally as funny. It was very funny. Left my ass At off. the time. I can't. I don't know. How are the Austin Powers movies hold up? Have you ever tried watching uh, I did rewatch the first one very recently. Good. And I have to say, uh, 
I was expecting it to completely not hold up. And there were a couple moments that I was like, I'm really, I'm actually enjoying myself watching this. Like, this is fun. Uh, I'm not going to say it was great by any stretch of the imagination, but it was fun. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed because, man, that movie had me crying. Oh, when I sure. First saw it. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. thought that was the funniest. The scene, the, the scene where he's naked and the, the thing is, and it keeps getting covered up. I couldn't, I couldn't even live. Johnson, anymore. yeah, my life it looks was like over. a giant. Willie, yeah, yeah, hilarious, the best. Oh yeah, uh, the 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 scene where I actually laughed out loud in 2019. It was when he goes to hand Mr. Mr. Bigglesworth to a uh, random task and random task takes Mr. Bigglesworth, but also has his arm. And so he just drags professor, professor evil, Dr. Evil, uh, <laughs> in his wheeling chair off screen and the camera holds. And then he just has to like wheel himself back in. I, I laughed out loud for that. I was like, that's a great bit. Well done, Mike Myers. Great job, Mike Myers. It just didn't hold up like Wayne's world did. No, it really. No. I thought it might hang. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be as funny." Nope. No, oh. Wayne's World though. Number two. Number two. Uh, another band on the comeback trail. Nineteen ninety nine. This the is the one where I know trail. that. It'll come trail. Nope. Nobody's ever called it that. <laughs> That's fine. Thanks, Keith. Their last. <laughs> Your Wilkes. It was the number one song the previous, the week before this. Got bumped down to number two for this week. Oh, but two weeks on the charts. Uh, well, more than two weeks, but two weeks in the top top five. Or, nice. But it was in the top. It was number one the week before. Got knocked down to number two. Def Leppard. Ooh. With Promises off their comeback album, Euphoria. Def Leppard did a, a, a moody uh, alternative rock album called Slang in 1996. Um, where they like got rid of all their classic elements, and uh, it wasn't very popular. So in 1999, they decided to get Mutt, Mutt Lang back in the fold for a couple <laughs> songs and released an album called Euphoria. <laughs> like it's try to remind people of hysteria. And they had the song Promises, which was a me- medium-sized hit on the pop charts, big hit on the rock charts. Uh, gonna go ahead and say I hate Def Leppard. They, really? I do not like them. I, I just I can't do it. Can't can't get into them. Also, I wanted to look. I I was shocked when I saw the list, so I had to be like, Def Leppard had an album in '99, and then and I look it up, and I and I don't know if, if you get a chance to look at the album cover. It is so stupid. It is. It just says Def Leppard, and it's like blue in the background, and there's like a purple circle, if I remember correctly, that it says Def Leppard in. There's That's a Venn it. Diagram. That's all. I'm like, yeah. what? Was someone just like, uh, yeah, it's Def Leppard. Just fucking put a five cents into it, and we'll make an album cover. So wait, I'm going back to It'll something sell. you said. You said that Mutt Lang produced this. Yeah, he wrote the song, and uh, really, yeah, because this sounds like Boston, or like uh, this sounds more like Journey than it does Def Leppard to me. I think it sounds a lot like. No, Def they Lepard. all sound like trash. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, I love Def. Oh, I don't love Def Leppard, but I like it. I'm fine with Def. Yeah, Lepard. this is. Yeah. <laughs> can't 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 get into it. This is very throwback sound. They're just like, all right, forget what we did for the last 10 years. It's like Def Leppard's back. Oh, God, it sounds way more like Journey to me. If there was more like, cock like, in that rock, I would dig it. That's the thing. I feel like it's, it's pretty, less yeah. cocky. They got to up the cock. They it's, they, the cock Def Leppard kind of is very clean sounding, even mm. during like Pyromania and stuff. Is... It sounds like watered down Bon Jovi. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, doesn't it just sound like 1999 Bon Jovi? Just actually, yeah, it probably sounds like 99 Bon Jovi. Yeah, oh, it's my life sounded a little bit more modern. Yeah, and maybe even had like a little bit of like yeah, Mm. more cocky than that. Before we land this thing, can we just say, man, Bon Jovi (laughs) with gray hair in those in those cable TV ads are or direct TV ads or whatever are hilarious and a dick in Californication. Just dye your hair like every other aging rock star. Uh, this of course brings us to finally with a bullet. Number 1, the band that headlined Woodstock 99, July 17th, 1999. Number 1 goes to they had their, I think maybe one of their, if it wasn't their biggest selling album, maybe second biggest, Californication, oh! Red Hot Chili Peppers, yes. great Scar Tissue, great coming album. in at number one. Great album. 
Uh, yeah, I think that this is I a think, great album. I think this back, is my, yeah. Album. We were talking a little bit about Red Hot Chili Peppers on a recent car ride. That's home right. between me clucking like a chicken to mm-hmm. Sad But True. <laughs> and I, I think, I mean, I think this is my favorite. I think this is my favorite era of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Really? It's one of those things oh, okay. that seems like a hot take, but it's like they also sold the most albums during this period, so. John Frusciante was still in I the band. I gotta go get this. Uh, I'm gonna play the song, and then you guys can talk about it. Well, uh, I go get the, uh... John Frusciante is at the door. Yeah, John Frusciante. Oh, John, Johnny, in your sweet, sweet licks. Yeah, I remember learning how to play this. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. He's playing Californication. There's scar, t- scar tissues. We can edit this part out. He's leaving. I think oh, I, yeah. said, I said Californication. Yeah. This was the song that I liked the most, actually. Yeah. I liked Californication more than Scar Tissue. What was the other one? The other side was the other side on this one? Yeah, the other side was on there. Yeah. That was like the second track. Yeah. This was This was the first track, right? Wasn't this the opening track? I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say Scar Tissue was like the fourth track. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what what I would do if I had the internet and I could just see if I remember things correctly. No, this is it's. We're trying to uh, we're kind of kind of trying to recreate the vibe of the '90s. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, it's just like we can't actually look things up. Yeah, we'd be in a basement. You'd be drinking those uh, those juices that were basically like the water. Uh, yeah, the, it was in a barrel. Like yeah. It was in a barrel. It was in a hot barrel of slurry. Good stuff. Nick, the number one song was Star Tissues, not. Cal- it wasn't Californication. Oh, okay. So we just got a whole bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we can edit this part out. No, we can't. <laughs> All right. Way. Scar tissue. Uh, we you just know- changed history. <laughs> I don't know. What you know what? Guys- I think you should leave it in like it's a lie. Like I think you should cut it so that the number one hit was was uh, Casey Kasem played the wrong so- times song sometimes on American Top 40. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, like he would play accidentally play the B side and they left it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is It was off of the album California Game uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's a great song uh, Weirdly enough uh, <laughs> Bizarrely, it came on the radio a lot uh, On my drive home uh, After my brother died It's a weird reference uh, Don't worry about it But great song now, this well, you, you, and I'm not sure how to follow Good. up. Yeah, I think we end members. right there, guys. Thanks yeah, for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> end on a down note, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm a big <laughs> and Nick's dead brother, and see you later. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Californication era. By the way, we'll talk about that. By like the way, uh, that was just uh, my peak of watching VH1 uh, and Red Hot Chili Peppers why? featured prominently. Why? 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 Oh. Why? <laughs> Goat Vetter comes back. I just feel like they toned down the most annoying aspects of Red Hot Chili Pepper during that era. Well, I, I, the, they rounded over the edges, yeah. is I feel like what happened. Because I love Blood Sex Sugar Magic. I think that yeah. that for me is the height of Red Hot Chili Peppers because it was like so visceral and just like like crazy, sexy, bizarre fucking ro- funk rock. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they they... They honed it in after, you know, George Clinton produced... Uh, uh, I think it was Bill Clinton, Freaky right? Styley. Freaky Styley. And, you know, they, they kind of moved through... Because uh, Hillel died after that album, right? No, he had died a couple albums. Before Mother Mother's Milk was, like, the first one that didn't have Hillel. Yeah, that was uh, uh, the first John Frusciante album. Yeah, but they had, like, two or three with Hillel. Yeah. Hillel, not yeah, yeah. Hillel. Hillel. <laughs> yeah, they were down at the Hillel. They were getting some uh, hummus. Uh, I don't know. Some lamb. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yes, I, I love this album. I love that they kind of like, they became mainstream. They kind of- They're mainstream. They, they started to age gracefully. They were, yeah, sober, focused. They had a pool on the front that was fire. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. Wasn't that fire pool? Uh, yeah. Flaming pool, or at least like orange, wa- orange water. Yeah, it was like it's Toxic like one of those cow this out like the songs on this album, the singles. It's one of those things that it was played on like classic rock stations. It was played on alt rock stations. It was played on soft rock stations. Crossover hit, crossover, crossover album. 
Uh, this, of course, brings us to Connor's final five. Top five. I'll make this quick. Okay. This episode, we've got a lot of hullabaloo this week. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, 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 rigmarole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, herpty derpty. Uh, so your top five. D- number five. I'm yeah. going to do the song we just talked about. Oh, nice. Scar tissues. Not uh, Californication. Not Californication. Not the to, other side. I had to go let somebody in, okay? We're, we're fine. <laughs> uh, Scar Tissue at number five. Uh, number four, Keith is going to love this pick. I like the Def Leppard song. Okay. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Fuck Def Leppard. I hope they all die. I hope they get killed by a falling boulder altogether, holding hands. How many members are there in And Def the Leopard? only thing that can be survived is their stupid hair. Five? Like someone five. gets their hair transplanted. <laughs> Two guitarists, bassist, drummer, Joe Elliott. So the Every nine, lady nine named arms. Barbara can have a have yeah. a poofed out hair in an accounting arms. chair. Uh, great. Number three, Buck Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I love the cocaine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Oh man, you getting lit up over there? Or <laughs> what? Get I'm getting high on this tap water from the Burger King. I love the cocaine. Cup. And number two. Yeah. For sentimental reasons, Pearl Jam's Last Kiss. Okay. Number one. Gotta go. Number 10 is number one. Lit's my own worst enemy. <laughs> All right. Wow-y. I can get that. I can get into that. Yeah. That's a good number one. Do you have a take or just, just Connor? Uh, I mean, Connor's the important one, but okay. I can, I can, I can definitely do it. I would say that number five for me would be uh, Oleander, and then I'm going, uh, dude, that's the song I lost my virginity to. It's gotta be number one. Yeah, that's number five. Uh, I would go, I would go Oleander, Buck Cherry for number four. I would go Alice in Chains for number three. Uh, I'm going Red Hot Chili Peppers number two, and I'm going Lit number one. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're gonna get consensus number one. Yeah, yeah, cool. Are you uh, are you disagreeing with us on this? Uh, no. Should I do it yeah, too? You yeah, do it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you Just can quickly. Do it. Just Number five. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Lenny Kravitz, Leonard. Okay, I know. Because he Leonard. can rock. He's the new Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> you were convinced in seventh uh, grade. I'm going with uh, number four. Oleander, I lost my virginity to that song, <laughs> and I think I think you'll all enjoy it. Knowing that every time you hear, you put on that Oleander tape, I think you guys are gonna love that. And uh, number three, my own worst enemy, Lit. Great, because there's some rocking stuff in there, and I can get into it. And then Lit Up, number two, right. Lit Up. Yep, oh, wow, going heavy. I can crank that up. My mom doesn't have to know that I blew the speakers on her minivan. I don't give a shit. Saturn view. And number one, no doubt in my mind, whatever, by Godsmack, all day, <laughs> heavy rock. And roll. Sully from New Hampshire. Music. Killing it every day of his life. Everyone's got that sun tattoo. Oh right on their belly God. button. Right on there. Did you get that right around the time you lost your virginity? I got it around that time and around my asshole too i have a matching butthole and belly button tattoo all right well that uh is episode <laughs> that's episode five <laughs> this has been uh, 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 we're gonna Ju- get this right july, july 17th, 17th 1999, 1999 less rock, rock more talk, talk.